What's up, guys? Justin here from the Talking Pixels podcast. And before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you ever print your photos? I know that I didn't really print mine for a long time when I started out. And once I did start printing them, it totally changed the game in terms of how I looked at my photography. Holding a printed picture in your hands has such a different feel than looking at a picture on a cell phone or on a screen in front of you. So I just want to let you guys know that our friends over at the Pixel Connection don't just sell cameras. That's right. No, Pixel Connection actually offers premium photo printing services as well. And they have it in store as well as online. So Prints by Pixel offers a wide variety of services from scanning and restoration to canvas prints and photo books. So stop into the store or visit www.printsbypixel.com to start your print order today. Now, let's get into the episode. What's up? I'm Justin, and welcome to the Talking Pixels podcast, helping you take your photography from hobby to a career. This season on the Talking Pixels podcast, we've chatted with wedding and portrait photographers, videographers, business mentors, and even a lawyer. But today, I'm excited to come full circle back to the first episode of this season and chat with another boudoir photographer. Today, I'm very excited to welcome a friend of mine and our guest, Maddie Draven, to the Talking Pixels podcast. Maddie is a body liberation advocate and the owner of ritual intimates as well as the owner and the studio manager of akron photo society i couldn't be more excited to jump in today's episode but first how's it going today maddie it's going real good it's going nice great. nice i see you're chilling in akron photo society today right yeah yes. did you, you said you have somebody in the studio today doing some work or you're doing <laughs> some work in there Yes. So, um, and upstairs in ritual, it's wild because Akron photo is like, that's where I'm at right now is Akron mm -hmm. photo society. And then my personal studio ritual intimates is literally right upstairs. Oh, really? So, yes. It's literally like, it's really convenient. Yeah. Um, no kidding. <laughs> that's awesome. It's really, it's really cool, but I'm having like a divider wall built upstairs. So oh, nice. um, my studio kind of looks like a deck yeah no very cool i didn't i knew yeah. that they were in the same building i didn't realize they were literally like on top of each other though that's yeah. pretty sweet it's just like one floor away which is awesome cool. very well, convenient good good it sounds like things are going well though so i'm glad to hear that i mean you're making some modifications to the studio and uh yeah. that sounds like that's going to be pretty cool in itself um but how's how's things been going for you over the past year with the pandemic and everything so I'm, I'm very grateful to say that they've gone well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we had to shut down uh, last March, I mean, it was crazy for everyone. Right. Um, but I honestly, I had no idea what to expect because at the time I was only, you know, doing my personal photo and then I only had this Studio Akron Photo Society. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a whirlwind. Um, I had no idea what to expect when we had to close in terms of like, you know, the reservations we have because we rent this studio out hourly. Right. 
um, what that was going to mean for our business, like, you know, the income, you know, if we were going to make it through, because we had no idea how long we were going to be shut down for, but right. I think, you know, most of us were pretty prepared for the long haul. Um, but we came out okay. <laughs> so yeah. still I mean, here. it sounds like it. You opened I, a second studio. <laughs> yeah, which is insane thinking about it because I'm like, why the heck would anyone do that during a pandemic? Hi. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. You know, but I think I did that because I knew that, you know, I had the resources and I actually had extra time to kind of like put into that. And Definitely. one thing I think being shut down helped me a lot with was kind of like helping me focus on what I wanted to be doing. Okay. Um, you know, I think building my own studio was something that I had been thinking about for a long time. Um, just because I had specific ideas and I had specific like visions for my brand that I wanted to kind of start to bring to life. And I just kind of wanted my own space to do that with. You know, and I wanted yeah. to leave Acker and Photo Society alone to kind of be its own successful, thriving thing mm-hmm. because, you know, I didn't want to take anything away from this space that we have going on here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. It, like the pandemic, I think, gave a lot of people a weird sense of clarity um, yeah. in, in that, in that, um, you know, the timing, the time that like our industry spent shut down, I think, allowed everybody to really reflect on you know, what it is that they were trying to accomplish and the, how they could go about accomplishing it better. Um, and it, cause I, I also had that happen, you know, over the, what month was it that they shut things down? Was it May last year? That was March or, or, yeah, yeah, March or April. April I, I, I think it was March. I had just gotten back from a trip, like to visit my mom. And then three days later, everything was just like, it was all shut down. Yeah, you're right. Cause actually I did get back to shooting in May, but that period between like March and April was definitely super weird. And, it, but like it did, it was, it was weird one, because like, obviously everything shut down and everybody was in a panic and scared of what was going to happen. But two, it was weird because it was the first time where like everything was shut down and, you know, and nobody was doing anything. So the only thing you really were able to do was reflect on what it was that you were doing. And if like, how that worked for you, I guess. I mean, I were like how you were going to come out of this, what was going to be the change that happened in that period. And so it was like, a, it was clarity that like you couldn't have anticipated, but it, I think ultimately like in, in most cases and most people I've talked to, like everybody came out of it with a, you know, somewhat, po- a somewhat positive mindset and positive changes that they were going to be making to their, you know, their businesses or uh, their career paths. And, so yeah. it, was, it was really weird and such a trying time and it's such a challenging time for many people that like a lot of people came out of it stronger and better at what they were doing before than they went into that period. Absolutely. And it was really like, you know, for me, it was truly a time there was a lot of reflection, you know, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was like that for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, for the first time and like, I want to say years, I got caught up fully on editing and yeah. and I was like you know because it's just a constant cycle of mm-hmm. you know taking on projects editing sending out galleries stuff like that so like you know when we were closed down it was so weird because I was like I'm caught up on everything what do I do now like <laughs> yeah, now what, what do I do with my time which like you know which then left I think a lot of room for you know 
how do I want to navigate my personal business? How do I want to navigate like, you know, my journey as a photographer, you know? So that just kind of left a lot of room for me to sit with that. And I'm sure all of us as creative people, you know, our brains are constantly kind of the, the gears are always kind of turning in that aspect. Yeah, always. It's like impossible to shut off, I feel like, for (laughs) most of us. (laughs) But but I mean that's and it's a good thing though in that in that same sense, because I think it did I mean, I think that's why a lot of us found that clarity in that time period, is because we were just constantly thinking about that. And then and it and it opened up new doors in a in a weird way. I mean, uh I was getting into wedding photography at that point, but I you know, I didn't anticipate being where I'm at with it now, you know, and like it, it just allowed the same thing. Like I got caught up on everything, I had nothing going on, and I was like, Well, what do I do? I developed my business. Like I and I that's and by August, I took it full time. So, you know, like in the, that time period was like super important and crucial in terms of helping me build to get to where I am now. And it like, you know, and like there's a weird like little like bit of a guilt thing to that, too, because it's like I don't like coming off as like, oh, this pandemic was great for me. But at the same time, it, it in a way it was like it, it, it sure. like it just kind of cl- like allowed the opportunity for I, and it, I think everybody, like not even just in photography, but everybody reflected on what they were doing, at least in terms of their job and like who was deemed essential and who wasn't deemed essential and what what does that mean to you? Right. And I think it's totally just changed everything as a whole in that. And I, I mean, I know a lot of people who are like, I don't have to go back to work anymore. Like now I'm working from home. Like the companies aren't making people do that. Um, I'm seeing companies now who are actually trying to, you know, maybe not a ton, but I've seen a handful who are trying to provide value back to their, uh, you know, their employees who stuck around. Uh, Some companies I saw that like Chipotle is now considering raising their minimum wage up to 15 an hour. And so like this whole thing is kind of like sparked uh, change in, in all industries across the board. So it was, it was cool to see in that capacity. And of course it's always just, you know, it's still terrible what happened to a lot of the people who were affected by it. But oh, of um, course. I mean, we were all affected negatively too, in some aspect, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yes, and I absolutely. by like that, that guilt feeling, because like, I don't want to sit here and come out of this being like, Oh, I have a new studio because right. it wasn't like sunshine and rainbows. Like I'll put that, <laughs> right. I'll say that right now, like it was, it was hard. Like it was very difficult, um, in a couple different ways, you know, for myself and I'm sure mm-hmm. for you and for, you know, and everyone else went, you know, who went through this too. It was just, it was not an easy year. Not so, but it's really good to be grateful for like the good things that were able to come out of it, you know? Absolutely. And I, uh, I, I think the difficult the difficulty of it is just made people stronger at the end of the day. Like it's just something that we had to get through. And now that we're through it, we've learned a lot and we've come a long way as, you know, just as a society in general. So, um, well, cool. I mean, I guess that's, I I think that's enough pandemic talk and we've talked a little bit about what, (laughs) a little bit about like what you do, but I did want to give you the opportunity to kind of let listeners know a little bit more about you and your journey in photography and studio ownership. Um, and maybe just walk us through, like you know where you started to where you are now oh boy okay so <laughs> i'll like take y'all back to how i even started photographing i guess and just kind of work my way up to how i okay. got to where i am now um so i started photographing in high school 
it was my junior year I, at Copley. I took a film mm-hmm. class and I failed it the first time. I failed my first photography class that I ever took. And I was wow. like, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is for me. And, you know, my art teacher was like, you have to take this again. Like you have to do better. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I took it again the next year and I had applied myself so much to the point where I like really just kind of immersed myself in what I was doing. And that's kind of when I started to fall in love with this and Mm -hmm. the expressive side of it you know you're in high school you're doing these projects and you're you know high school's hard you're yeah. finding ways to you know creatively express yourself and that was kind of the first thing that i i clung to um after that i really just i kind of kept going with it i bought well i was given a camera um i was given a couple different cameras from like my art teacher um And I was like, wow, I really like doing this. And it became like a pretty steady hobby for me. It was just something fun that I was doing when I was younger. Um, You know, I photographed through high school. And then when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to, you know, go to art school. So I went to the University of Akron and Mm -hmm. I started with a BFA in photography. Um, You know, and I was doing the thing. I was doing all these projects and it was probably two years into my degree that I was like, I don't know why I hate this. Like I, when I was in college studying this and like going through all my classes, I was like, why do I dislike this? And I ended up switching my degree to um, business management. And I graduated in 2017. And throughout this whole time, I was working retail. I was like working in retail food and photo was kind of like, it became like a side hustle Mm -hmm. for me. Um, So I graduated in 2017 and um, I was like, well, you know, I could kind of keep, you know, doing my thing with retail, which I continued to do. Um, And I was like, you know, eventually, Actually, I would love to do something with photography. I just have, I have no idea what I would like to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working in management at Hot Topic, you know, for a very long time. And I eventually, for that company, I wanted to be a buyer and hopefully be able to incorporate like something into marketing and using photo skills in that kind of respect. But I was right. like, even then I was like, this doesn't like, this doesn't feel right. I feel like this doesn't satisfy me. And all of a sudden I get a message. This was in what year is it? It is 2021. This was like the very beginning of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a message from Matt, who is my studio partner for Actor and Photo Society. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, hey, I'm looking for like either one person or a few people who would like to go in on like the studio space. And I was like, Okay. And I had been looking for a studio for months before Mm -hmm. he had messaged me. So he sent me a message and I was like, yeah, I'm so down. Like, let's meet up. And we had been friends on the internet for a long time. We had never known each other in person. Um, We literally met up for coffee and we went to go look at our studio that day. And it was like, it all just made sense. 
like within, I think a week or two, we had gotten keys for, um, Akron photo. And when I got keys, that is when I was like, you know, over this time too, like photography had become a more glorified side hustle as time went on. I was getting busier and busier. And I was like, you know, it's kind of like now that I have a studio, I was like, it's kind of now or never if I try to do this full time. Mm -hmm. Um, so put my two weeks in and we put Akron photo together and, um, the rest is kind of history. Um, you know, then I just kind of started doing the freelance thing and I started kind of taking on all sorts of different portrait projects, weddings, pretty much anything that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, and then last September is when I made the decision to put together ritual intimates, which is right upstairs. So, um, that's kind of how I got to be where I am today. It's kind of yeah. rocky and weird. And um, that's it. That's <laughs> the story. That's like, it's kind of, that's basically where, you know, that's how I got here. Yeah, so. for sure. So it, it yeah, I mean, I, I, lo- I love hearing like the, the story of how people get into photography because nobody's is ever really the same. Um, you know, like, and, and it was interesting to hear. I did not know that you had your degree was that your degree was in business. Um, yeah. But it's so I mean, I mean, that is super great for this podcast, because that's super crucial to running a photography business. I mean, the, it's not just the pictures that you're taking. It's a lot deeper than that. And I'm sure that that had to be helpful in building, you know, now two separate businesses for yourself. And um it's it's always interesting to see the the progression of things into becoming a full-time photographer and i'm curious to how did you find your path into boudoir then from there once you got into uh you know your studio and you started creating and you said you were taking on different jobs from uh, portraits to weddings to who who knows what all but um how did your path kind of change there and direct you into boudoir photography so I guess when I started photographing and I was taking it very seriously, you know, one of my favorite, my favorite type of like portrait project to take on was like conceptual projects, usually outside in the woods. This was before I had a studio and it sounds weird, but I think like I didn't even mean to like incorporate a boudoir aspect into those projects, but I think I did. And that's kind of how that shaped my interest in boudoir, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was photographing a lot of women um, and in a very like in an intimate way in terms of like posing and Mm -hmm. just being really emotive. And, um, you know, once I started photographing full time and I was taking on all sorts of projects, I was really figuring out what I enjoyed doing and what I did not enjoy doing so much. Um, which I think is a really crucial part of doing this full time. You have to find your niche. You have to find, um, what you really enjoy doing and what you're passionate about. And, you know, while I, I love, I have loved photographing weddings. I love photographing families. I love kids. I love documenting humans. Mm -hmm. Um, boudoir imagery, just that's the one that, I think spoke to me the most, I think because I personally have dealt with issues that a lot of women and people 
struggle with in terms of like body dysmorphia, you know, anxiety, things like that. And the thing that I think I appreciate about boudoir imagery is that it, I think, allows us to dive more into that and to help kind of help resolve those issues um, in terms of like how liberating it is mm-hmm. for people Absolutely. and women. And I think that is what really pushed me into that because I really like that aspect of it. And I can kind of incorporate the conceptual emotive weird stuff that I like to do with that, yeah. but incorporate it into like what I'm doing in my studio now. So I wanted to try to like take all the things that I love about that and just kind of like encapsulate it. So, yeah. So it kind of came from like a personal experience in a way. Like, I mean, yeah. it was just something that you were able to connect with and relate to as a, you know, as Very opposed so. to you, I mean, obviously, like you said, you love families and kids and stuff like that, but this came from a different place than just like, being a people person it was more and it, it was intimate and had a deeper connection to you than just you know going out and taking a family portrait did yes very yeah. much so and again like i i love photographing love like weddings mm-hmm. i i had such cool clients such cool clients like yeah pretty like every wedding i had and i'm so grateful that i have not had nightmare clients in that respect but like <laughs> um i'm I love documenting those days. It's just, they're really long days for me. The way my yeah. brain is set up, I, I can't do eight hours with, <laughs> you know, a, you know, people and their families and right. all the noise, stuff like that. I have like uh, processing and like sensory issues too. So like, I have to honor that as mm-hmm. I get older, you know, so I don't go crazy. <laughs> right, but, right. um, so, you know, making the choice to kind of stop taking on, um, you know, more families, weddings, things like that was difficult because I truly love to document that kind of stuff. But, you know, now that I'm kind of forming my brand, um, Mm -hmm. I have to honor, you know, what I truly enjoy doing because I know that I will do better at that. And I can get that best product to, you know, those people, you know, I don't want to give anything half-assed to anyone else. So, you know, not that it was half-assed, but, um, I was tired of feeling like that struggle of like, you know, I don't know if I want to take on this project, but I'll do it for you. But you have to kind of draw that line somewhere for yourself and your business, you know? Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, you know, and and as time goes on, you can maybe deviate from that and build onto it and add things to it if you'd like. But at the end of the day, like you're right, like you have it's super important to give your 100% to whatever it is you're doing. And if you feel like you're doing something else that takes away from, you know, the, the, that 100%, then you're, you're not doing your, well, you're doing yourself a disservice, I think, and your business. So I do, you know, I want to backtrack a little bit before we get too much into ritual intimates. I I was just kind of curious how you kind of got your start into boudoir, but I do want to kind of touch on the, your studios a little bit too, because I know, so now Akron Photo Society is now, is it just a full-time rental studio that you guys run and people just rent it or, are you no, guys still shooting in it? I occasionally will shoot in it depending on the project. Like, cause I still do take on some portrait projects as mm-hmm. well. Um, so since my studio is so set up for boudoir, I feel like, you know, Akron photo is a great place to come for most portrait projects. Sure. Um, so I still photograph occasionally down here. Um, but you know, Matt also photographs occasionally in here, but mm-hmm. it really has turned into a space that is reserved very often. So mm-hmm. We, 
at least I wasn't expecting it to take off like how it has, which Mm -hmm. I'm very, very grateful for. But I guess I would say like, it's turned into an amazing kind of like community space, honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, for folks to come reserve. Um, And yeah. 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 I don't really photograph a whole lot here anymore. um, Just since I have space upstairs, but I'm still very affiliated with background photo. Right. Um, I do like pretty much all of our backend stuff. I'm always the person who's like, you know, I'll I'll be corresponding to emails with people. You know, I do a lot of our social media stuff. um, And yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what, what actually prompted you then to open a second studio? Was it just because of limited availability of Akron photo society or was it more so you just wanted your own space? So, you know, because we have, you know, hourly reservations available, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to have to block off too much time for this space. I wanted to continue to leave, um, you know, days open for people to come rent because I was getting busier and busier. And I was like, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable like making this, like, I didn't want to be selfish mm-hmm. in the respect of like, I didn't want to take over this as mine because it, I, I love sharing this mm-hmm. with other people. I love having, um, you know, this space available, you know, it's one of the only spaces in Akron really. And I was like, I would rather build my brand on something that is mine that I don't have to share that if I don't want to, you know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that's why I chose to build my studio upstairs. I was just like, I just kind of wanted my own space that I didn't have to worry about like, you know, a reservation calendar, things like that. And I really did it because I just, I didn't want to take away from anything happening here in Akron photo. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I mean, and I, I'm kind of in a similar situation to Akron Photo where, you know, we sure. I, I have a studio that I share with two other photographers. Yeah. And um, so we kind of split our time around that. And we do some rentals, not probably to the capacity that you guys are doing at Akron Photo. But, um, yeah, it, it does get to, you know, especially when your business is starting to ramp up. And I think especially with boudoir, there's a lot, I mean, a lot of it does come down to studio, uh, photographing in a studio and, you know, limiting your time to be able to create in your studio and also limiting the time that people are able to come and use your space. It's kind of, it's like a double-edged sword in the the wrong way. Um, that like you're taking away from your time as well as the people that you, you know, your community's time. And so it makes total sense that you would want to start another separate space where you can just solely focus on, okay, this is how I want to present myself in my business and how, you know, not to say no, uh, no rules necessarily, but like your own rules, you're not, you're not set. uh, You you can kind of do whatever you want to it whenever you want to it. And it's up to you. And uh, it just makes that whole process a little easier. So that makes total sense. Now, how do you actually go about managing two studios though? Because I mean, obviously I'm sure with the ritual intimacy, (laughs) you have that's based around ritual intimates as a whole but like at the same time you are managing two studios does it get hard to keep track of how do you go about doing that so there are definitely times where it can be difficult i'm grateful that i have someone else helping me to be here for like reservations and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because i cannot clone myself i cannot be in two places doing you know two things at once (laughs) but um you know i've just found that you know we have a shared calendar for Akron photo and I have my own separate calendar for ritual. 
Um, so I am constantly seeing what's on the calendar and that's pretty much all I need to stay organized. My calendar on my phone is my life. So, um, having that organized and then having completely separate booking systems, like, you know, there's like a separate booking system for me personally, and then there's a completely different platform for Akron photos. So just like keeping them separate and then having a place where I kind of can see what everything is like, what all is going on. That is how I, I think stay organized. Um, my issue where I feel like I can become disorganized is I get overwhelmed sometimes and I don't know when to like shut off work mode. Mm -hmm. So then I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to take on like all of these things right now. And I'm like, no, it's okay to kind of space yourself out over a couple of days or like, you know, don't take on too much at once, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, I think with the booking calendars and the way, like just the methods that we have in place, it really does help us keep, it helps me stay organized at least. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me too. Um, and because I also am, I do the same thing where I like over, well, I don't know if it's overworking or just like try to do too. I get, I have a lot of interests. So <laughs> I, I just like try to do too many things at one time. And I'm running into that literally this week. I, I've worked till yeah. like 11, 12 o'clock the past three nights because I've just, <laughs> you know, been <laughs> trying to do too much with not enough time. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I even myself, I have to commend you for it because I struggled to keep up with our studio when I was doing Cleveland creates, I was in photography. And at that point when I was doing all of that, I was also working a nine to five too. And so I felt like I got a million things on my plate and it's hard to keep up with. And, and it really is. And trying to find putting systems in place, like you said, like having somebody who can help you with it at the same time, like having Matt there, or having, you know, my studio mates there to help is also a huge, a huge key to it. And, and knowing when, you're working yourself a little too much and, and that's something that you just have to figure out on your own. It's like, and I, I find myself every week, <laughs> maybe not every week, but all the time, uh, pretty frequently having to remind myself that, you know, it's not normal to be doing that, <laughs> you know, you oh, fall into oh God, this. No, it's so not normal. Um, you know, and while like living the freelance life and like doing this full time, it, it's such a blessing. I can't mm-hmm. even like, express like how grateful I am that I do this for a living. Um, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, and they don't quite teach you that part in college. Like they didn't prepare me like, Hey, by the way, you're going to be running two photo studios. Uh, this is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. Here's the checklist. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Cause there's not one. So like it's rocky sometimes, you know, it, again, it's not always, you know, while it's really good, a lot of the time, there are definitely times when it's like, oh my God, this is hard. <laughs> like, this is very difficult. Um, and I think kind of like going back on what you were saying, you know, kind of identifying when you're doing too much. I think that is so important because it is really easy to get burnt out when you have a creative job. Yeah. You know, you are basically doing something, you're doing your passion for a living which is amazing, but it's very much okay to like take a step back and kind of, you have to know those moments when you're like, all right, I get kind of tired and like, you need to honor that time for yourself to rest or to just like put your phone down or like, 
respond to the email in a couple hours or do it tomorrow. Like it's right. okay to give yourself that time to just kind of like recoup and relax. It's actually, I think it's very essential so that we can put our best work out there. Yeah. It's you're, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, when you are doing what you're passionate about for a living and, and, and this is great and bad because in like, this is kind of a cliche, but also it's pretty accurate. And that like, I never feel like I'm working because I'm doing what I love to do all the time. Like it doesn't actually feel like a job. So you get lost in that sensation of like, Oh, I'm doing the thing I love to do the most. And you just start doing it all the time. Like there's no boundaries anymore. And I was just talking to somebody that, um, an agency that I work with on some, uh, commercial projects from time to time. I was talking to my one of my contacts there and she was saying, you know, like it, it's crazy how boundaries have changed in like a, this digital age of things because, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's not uncommon for somebody to email you at 8 or 9 p.m. on, a, you know, a Wednesday and expect a response back, which is like oh, business hours. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and and she was like, you know, for an example of one of the things she was talking about, she had gone to the hospital because she had an infection and one of her clients is emailing her and asking where, you know, a deliverable is. And she's like, well, here's two people you can contact. I'm in the hospital right now. And they emailed her back like two hours later and they're like, where is it? And she's like, I'm in the hospital. Like (laughs) how I, I can't help you. Like I'm literally thing at 9 PM anyways, like, you know, mail it out because you you can't <laughs> so right and, and so oh. it's so it's so strange and i i think being a creative we fall into this like i mean a lot of people especially in photography like a lot of people are depending on you know i don't know this sounds like a little conceited but like a lot of people depend on what we're delivering to them you know and, and oh, depending on the capacity what of what you're doing they're they're looking forward to it they're depending on it and they want it yesterday and, and so we, I think as photographers get this mindset that like, we need to be on top of this. We need to be doing things all the time while like conversely, that person is probably still only working their nine to five, 40 hour a week job, expecting right. you to be working crazy hours, you know, like right. what, uh, another, I had another photographer I was talking to at one point and I, I won't name them or anything, but they, uh, they said like they had a client contact them and was like, Hey, I noticed uh, you were out at a bar last night around eight 30 and I had sent you an email and you hadn't got back to it yet, but you were out having fun. Like what's the deal with that? And it's like, that's not okay. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we're people too. Like well, we, we are humans that have lives outside of what we do. Right. And, and also, like you said, business hours, like I, I work till uh, I have adjusted hours so that I work, you know, into, or I'll work into the evening because a lot of clients I know are working nine to five and can't actually, you know, meet until after five o'clock. So I'll work sure. until seven 30, but after seven 30, I don't look at my email. I don't. Yeah. And unless it's something super urgent that I'm I'm anticipating, right. I don't check that stuff. And that that time between seven thirty and whenever I decide to go to bed is like my time to relax and actually yeah. enjoy what I want to enjoy. Yeah, and it's it's really important to set those boundaries for ourselves as creative people again because there's not really a time when we like shut off. So I'm definitely very grateful for the times when I like can put my phone down, mm-hmm. my computer down, and just be like, okay. I'm going to like spend time with Travis or I'm going to like eat dinner with my family or like 
you know, there are, I'm still very much like a person outside of my studios. I have, you know, I have an awesome family. I have a boyfriend. I have a house I have to take care of. I'm like, right. I, I have stuff I'm also trying to do on top of that. And don't get me wrong. There are definitely situations where it's like, okay, I'm going to give this my full attention because it needs it. Um, you know, and I try to be extremely accommodating in that, in that aspect as much as I can, but you know, just getting those boundaries in place is so important just yeah. for, you know, business reasons. It's best for everyone. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not only good for myself, but it's also good for you so that I can like correspond with you at my right. best. So it's like definitely important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. At, wow. Caught up on words there. Absolutely. But, um, <laughs> Again, want to ask one more question here, just kind of about the studio process, because I know I get asked this kind of a lot too by people who are, you know, in, in pursuing photography as a career, and um, yeah. ask about, you know, when is the right time to start your own studio? And I know that there's like no one answer for this, but you've now done it twice, um, and so I, I think a lot of people see it as extremely daunting, which it it can be. Um, especially if you're going at it alone, but yeah. I was just curious if you had any tips on maybe preparing yourself and your business for taking that step. I'm not going to lie. I was terrified. I was terrified to leave my job, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's a big deal and I think it's very normal for it to feel daunting and for it to seem scary because I mean, it is, you're taking like a huge leap that it could very well potentially like alter your life in a really good way. Um, but I think it's also responsible to be like, okay, what is my backup plan for like, if this doesn't work? And I think it's very much okay to kind of like, think about that. And if you have a good plan in place for yourself, if you think that you can afford it, if you can financially be supporting yourself and, you know, cover your bills. Um, and again, just to be able to support yourself on your income solely from like your work, make the leap. You know, that's kind of where I was at. I was like, okay, I can afford to, you know, we can afford to pay studio rent. I can afford my personal bills, my rent, all my things that I want to be doing. And I was like, I'll try, you know, and I didn't really go into it. I didn't know what to expect. If that makes any sense. I was like, right. I just really hope this works out. And this seems like a really cool opportunity. Um, so I'm going to take a jump at it. And I'm very glad that I did. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very much okay to be like also kind of scared. Yeah. But kind of find that balance of like, you can't just like not do it because you're scared. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I think if the right opportunity is presenting itself, you have to look at it rationally and just, you have to decide what's best for you at that time too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, it, it was more of like a calculated risk on your side. Like you put, it wasn't like you didn't do it on a whim, of course. Like you, uh, you put some thought into like, is this something that one that I'm going to be able to afford and still afford like my lifestyle that I'm currently living right. and how is this going to impact me? And you have to kind of weigh those options out and see like, yeah, of course it's an opportunity and it's a risk at the same time. You're going to make yeah. a pretty big jump. Um, but it, like you said, like there, there is the potential that it could be extremely good for you and, and, and just totally change what you're currently doing in life and in the direction that you want to be going in. So I think it's important to, you know, take that into account. And I think, you know, and you did this with Matt and I did it with my past studio mates as well, but I, 
there's plenty of photographers who are going through that same thought process. Absolutely. And it's very easy to talk them into and trying to find a way to split a, you know, a studio space if it's not wow. something you're fully booked for, you know, like if you're not. And I think a lot of people starting out who are considering getting a studio space are in that, right? Like you may have a oh, couple yeah. of few shoots a month. So what's, you know, if you're not using it every day, the the easiest way to afford that or to make it work is to invite some other people to do it with you and kind of Absolutely. come up with a format that works for everybody. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that that's a fantastic way to start, you know, aside from like, you know, before I even had a space, I was trying to shoot outside. I had spots that I love to go to and like utilizing that is also really cool. But I think, you know, if someone's looking to do this full time, like you want photography to be like your bread and butter, I feel like a space is very important. Yeah, I don't know if I'm crazy for thinking that but i was like i feel like i need an indoor space to work i need like i can shoot outside all day we can all shoot outside all day like you know all day if we wanted to but i was like i feel like you know having kind of like a space of some kind just kind of like helps seal that deal you mm -hmm. know you can have a space to also work and just really dive into so that was definitely really helpful it's literally having you know a physical tangible space to work with yeah, and I, I think the same thing in, in in multiple capacities. Like it um it separates you from it separates work from play anymore. You know, it's no longer just something you're doing for fun. Like this is a workspace. Um, it also, you know, it, it allowed you an opportunity for another business endeavor to actually start doing rentals and try to that's another way you can kind of offset the cost of a studio Absolutely. space. Um and and it's just, you know, and I, this was something I hadn't even really considered, but it's become my go-to place for meeting clients now. I mean, when Absolutely. I have a wedding client, now I, I don't have to meet them at a coffee shop. I invite them to my studio. Okay. I can show yeah, them prints. And, for sure. Yeah. And, and so it's just in multiple ways, it's super beneficial to have. And uh, down the road, I do plan to kind of start my own studio space as yeah. well, because I, I, you know, it's like you said, like uh, I'm, I'm seeing it now myself that. You know, uh, how you saw with Akron Photo, that was like you were kind of taking away from the community aspect and it was kind of geared towards a specific vibe and you may be heading in a different direction or wanting a little bit yes. more customization with it. Um, and, and that's just a that's a growth that you went through. And I think there's nothing wrong with that either. So I think it's just stepping stones to get in the right direction. I think it's almost easier now than it probably ever has been in order to find some people that you could go in with an open a studio space and just kind of test out the waters and see if it's for you. Um, because there's so many people. Yeah. I was going to say, there's so many awesome people in this community too, that are extremely helpful. And, you know, that's even more of the reason why I didn't want to take away from anything happening here, you know? Right. And I also kind of the vibe that I wanted was a bit darker than what's going on here too. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't want to like, I just didn't want to mess up the vibe here. You know, and I, right. I was really, I'm so grateful that we have such a cool community of photographers and creators around us. And I really just want this to continue to be a space for that. Yeah. So. Very respectable. I, I like that a lot because I'm, I've always been a big uh, proponent of like community over competition and Absolutely. thinking that, you know, like at the end of the day, like the only, it doesn't hurt us to work together. It only makes other people like others around us better and, and just elevates the industry as a whole. So it's, I definitely, I appreciate that you actually stuck with Akron Photo Society too, instead of just moving on to your own space and saying, Hey, this is uh, you know, Akron Photo Society is no more. Um, I think a lot of people 
in our area love the space. I see people using it all the time. And, you know, I think it would have uh, it would have been a bummer to see that go away for a lot of these people who are in that situation where they maybe can't afford their own studio, but they they're looking for that. Yeah, I could never. It, I I don't foresee myself ever walking away from this. Mm-hmm. This is like you know I'm very attached to Akron Photo still because like you know it's the first studio that I helped build. Right. I really I love it a lot, and I'm really again I'm grateful that we have kind of this thing in Akron now like. There are there have always been so many cool studios in Cleveland, Columbus, kind yep. of like the bigger cities around us. And you know, I may not have known about other studio spaces in Akron, but I I didn't know of any other kind of like shared community spaces like this in Akron right. um, that kind of had the industrial vibe that we have going on. Um, so, you know, once we got Akron Photo, we were really excited to be able to open it up and to be able to have it as something to offer. You know, for folks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, truthfully, I mean, it was an inspiration to me, too, when I saw that you and Matt were kind of splitting. It was like an eye-opening thing of like, yeah. oh, like this is some this is doable. And like that was my next step towards, you know, I, I've had steps in terms of getting to full-time as well. And that was one of them is like, yeah. uh, now I was looking more towards Cleveland specifically, but um, you're right. In Akron, there wasn't a whole lot of it. And I think that may have been a, a little bit of a deterrent for me. I mean, I still love working in Akron and I live in Akron oh, still. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, you know, yeah, I mean, you guys actually, you saw an opportunity that's worked out well for you because of that. Um, because you're right up in Cleveland, there's a whole bunch of people trying to do this similar thing of like rentals type studios and they're great like and that's not even i don't even mean to throw shade at that at all oh no i don't think you sound like that no 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 (laughs) no, not at all good there's just i know that there's a lot of really awesome spaces like everywhere you know and it's really cool to see just kind of everyone Mm -hmm. also i think it's really cool that people are also doing that too you know yeah, I mean, like I said, it's still I still am community over competition in that aspect, yeah. and I think it's good to have options with it because, you know, what what I have at my studio doesn't necessarily equate to what you have at your studio, and like yeah. di- different needs for different people based off what Absolutely. they have, and that's just the nature of owning a studio. You know, like it, oh, they kind sure. of cater towards specific crowds, and that's okay, and you know, or towards specific types of photography and that's fine Um, and it it works out in that capacity too now i kind of want to go into the boudoir stuff now before we dive into like the ritual intimate specifically um now i talked to uh are you familiar do you know uh jamie lynn of bombshell boudoir yeah she's one of my very good friends yeah she's awesome she was uh she was the first episode of this season that we talked to uh, that i kind of referenced earlier in the episode and so what i talked to her about um and i was curious on your input on this as well now because you guys are both kind of from the same area yeah and i feel like the well the industry of boudoir photography itself um like over the past, like, I don't know, I think 10 years is too long, but like five years plus a little bit. Um, it's really started to like take off and um, you see a lot more of it now than I try to think back to like when I started, uh, I started nine years ago, but like even in the past six, seven years, like I was, you weren't seeing a lot of it. Um, right. it was a very niche industry. There's a very select group of people who were participating in it. And it's become a lot more mainstream now, I feel like, in the past uh, maybe three, four, five years. Yeah. 
So, um, and, and it's also started to become extremely lucrative too, for, from a business perspective, because people are paying a, a good amount of money for these sessions, um, you know, upwards of like what photographers are charging for wedding collections for just these sessions. Um, so it's really evolved. And I was just curious as to what your opinion is on like what changed in the industry over these past few years that's made it become so much more commonplace. And when you, you know, I, I guess you just kind of went in this direction full time. What was it? Did you say 2019 or 2018? I forget what you said. Um, I would say like probably closer to the end of 2019 is when okay. I really like was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I would love to do. So. Yeah. So did you, I mean, I guess, so two, two parts of that question. One, yeah. what do you think has changed in the industry and in society as a whole that this has become much more commonplace? And and then two, did you see your business heading in that direction or did it, uh, did you kind of just kind of fall into it based off of what you were shooting? Sure. So first question, I think in the last like 10 years, I, we have seen such like, we've seen such a powerful movement in terms of like self-love and body uh, positivity as well as like body liberation. Um, And I think the strength of that movement alone, I feel like that's maybe that's something that that spoke to, you know, creators and photographers who wanted to kind of, you know, emulate that too. Um, I feel like boudoir imagery was almost taboo for a long time as well. And we're also kind of coming into a time where these things that have been known to be taboo are just becoming less taboo, if that makes sense. Um, So I feel like that's definitely something that would contribute to boudoir photography becoming, you know, more popular. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of how I kind of found my way into it, I would say for me, it was just, it was very organic, if that makes sense. Um, When I started photographing, I honestly, I had no idea what kind of photography I wanted to be doing. Um, I just knew that I love documenting humans. Um, I love documenting things. That's like the thing that I think I love most about um, photography in general is that you're documenting little tiny pieces of time in history. And I'm sorry, that sounds cliche and weird, but like that is even to this day, like my favorite part of photographing is it's your documenting. And, um, yeah, I think that that's extremely important. And, you know, one thing that I kind of brought into my work that is very important to me is that like all, all people are very worthy of, that documentation aspect of it, you know? So. Absolutely. So in that, you know, like in these like little, uh, as you kind of put it, like these moments in time that we're capturing with photography, um, now in, with boudoir photography specifically, like 
you know, obviously when it comes to something like a wedding or a newborn photo or something like that, you're documenting specific milestone moments in people's lives. And now I I can see how that plays into boudoir photography as well. I'm sure there's people who do it as celebrations of weight loss or, you know, well, that's the first one that comes to mind, but I'm sure there's other things as well. So I just kind of wanted to hear from your perspective of like, what are you, you know, what are you capturing or what are you seeing while you capture this and how, or Maybe a better question is, what are your clients, uh, not necessarily gaining, but like, what are they, what moments are being captured in your and their eyes What through these sessions? So I feel like, you know, boudoir imagery for so long has been known as the thing that like people do for, you know, their husband or their, you know, soon to be spouse, or they do it for a gift for someone, or it was like, always for someone else right right? and truly that is like my least favorite i i hate that like one thing that i think is so incredibly powerful about boudoir imagery is that i i want people to take away when they're shooting with me or if they want an experience with me is that this that we are putting you first we are putting like the client first right you know, that is probably the main thing that I would say that I would want people to take away from, you know, a session with me, a boudoir session with me, is that we're here to put you first and, you know, put your um, liberation first in terms yeah. of this. The gift part is really cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's a mm-hmm. fantastic gift for whoever <laughs> is, you know, going to be graced by whatever you're going to sure. give them. But that's like, in my brain, that comes second. Yeah. So it's it's more of a you're they're doing it for themselves and seeing themselves in maybe a different light than they're used to seeing themselves yeah. in, um, yeah. and, and kind of deviating from their norm, I guess. And, and it's that in itself is a special moment and, and kind of yeah. accepting. Absolutely. And that and you don't like need a special occasion to do it. I feel like it was like based around holidays or weddings or um, things like that. And it's like, no, like you can do it, you know, after you gain 20 pounds or if you Mm -hmm. lost 20 pounds or if you just had a baby or if, you know, there are like, I feel like for a long time there were almost like these weird times set in place when you should do a boudoir session. Yeah. I don't believe in that. And I think that's another really cool thing about why this movement is so powerful for people to get into boudoir, because I think that a lot of other photographers are realizing like, no, you're like your self-liberation and your body empowerment and your, you know, feelings of empowerment that you want can be whenever you want. It doesn't have to be for a special reason or for another person. Right. I think that's a, I, a misconception and something that has been more recently is I think people are catching on to that and seeing this as not a misconception that, like you said, like these traditionally boudoir sessions have been done in specific periods of time or like in specific instances as gifts or as, um, you know, it's not, well, I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's no longer that 
And I think a lot of people are doing it as ways to come to terms with their body or Absolutely. ways to well, maybe not come to terms, accept their body or ways to sure. feel more confident or, um, you know, come out of their shells and just, you know, try something different for once. And it doesn't, it's not anymore about the, Hey, look what I did for you. It's now about, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and at the same time, like it can still be that. I mean, I guess you can still double up and say, oh, I did this sure. for me. And also here's this, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's no longer, and maybe it never was, but it, I think the the connotation to it was that it was that. But um, it's no longer that. And now it's more about, you know, just embracing who you are as a person, well, who you are as a person in the body that you're in Absolutely. and owning and loving that. Yes. Yeah, very cool. And that's actually a good kind of segue into this next question I had for you too, which is, you know, obviously, and we've talked, you've touched on it a couple of times um, that, you know, boudoir photography and even, you know, the photography that you were doing prior to starting Ritual Intimates was delicate and in, in, in intimate types of photography in, in sessions itself. Um, and so I would imagine it's pretty commonplace to run into clients who who have maybe never done a boudoir session before or are considering doing one, but they're a little bit apprehensive going into their session or even about booking a session in general. So um, how do you find you put your clients at ease or their minds at ease about that and help to empower them to really just like kill it at a session? Sure. So you know, I think the first thing is really communicating that you are there to honor their comfort level because boudoir is there. It's such like a spectrum of, you know, comfortability, I guess, you know, in terms of like how the client feels, there are people that might not want to be revealing. There are people that might want to be completely naked. And like, I think it's just extremely important to know where their comfort level lies prior to the session, um, as well as, you know, I see so many people, it's, it's so, so common for someone to show up to their session and they are nervous and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I just like, mm -hmm. I was just nervous. And I was like, I, I can't stress like how normal that is. And I also like to emphasize to my clients that it's very much okay to feel that nervousness because you're about to do something that it's, it's vulnerable, but it's also just, it's very exciting and it be potentially life-changing. So like, you know, the, the nervousness, it's so understandable. And I do my best to tell everyone that like, once we kind of get into our group with shooting, um, you know, like I'm very transparent about the entire process. I'm very, you know, I communicate very openly. I literally give people an entire spiel before we start shooting of like, this is what I'm going to be doing. If there is something that you would like to change, like, I'm just like, you just, you tell me mm -hmm. at any time if you're like, if we need to change the direction of anything, whether you're uncomfortable doing a pose, whether you would like to put clothes on, take clothes off. I'm very just like, just communication, I guess Absolutely. is what I'm trying to say, is just mm -hmm. extremely important and making sure that your clients know that you're there for them you know, again, because this is such like a vulnerable type of imagery, um, and intimate, you know, it's not just like, it's, it's not your regular portrait session. Right. Um, you know, so just making sure that you and your client are just 
on the same page and that you're there to make them comfortable and to assure them that like all of their feelings that they're feeling are very valid, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I would, I would say so too. I mean, I don't do, I've done a few boudoir sessions, but I don't do a whole lot of them, but that is one of the things I think that probably, I don't say everyone, but a majority of people probably feel that same way going into a session like that. I mean, it is very out of a lot of people's comfort zones to get in there. And especially when a camera is then put in your face. Yeah. Um, and, and people feel that way when they keep their clothes on. I, yeah. You know? <laughs> and I mean, like even that, that feeling definitely goes across, you know, the board, you know, in terms of photography, even mm-hmm. for portrait sessions, family sessions, weddings, I have, I've worked with people who I'm doing like headshots for them and they're like, I'm so nervous. And I was like, it's okay. Like yeah. it makes sense that you're nervous. It's, it's not every day that you have a giant camera in front of your face and right. you're getting professional images taken, you know? So I totally Absolutely. understand it, you know, from, you know, boudoir to family photos to weddings, like mm-hmm. that nervousness is very, very normal. Yeah, definitely. And, and the communication is key too in all types. I mean, I, I think especially in boudoir because, um, and especially as a male photographer who has taken boudoir, like communication sure. is absolutely key in, in all cool. aspects of it. Um, and beyond that too, you know, when it comes to any type of business, if you're doing this as a business, that communication is a skill that you really do need to have a certain mastery of in order to do it successfully. Um, which is a good segue to this last question kind of about boudoir photography. And, yeah. and it really is like, so, you know, for a listener who may be listening to this episode and is really interested in kind of pursuing boudoir photography and as somebody who is doing it successfully, what sort of skill sets do you think, I mean, maybe aside from the communication, because you just stressed how important that is in these sessions, but what kind of skill sets do you think are necessary to develop before you start diving into boudoir photography as a potential business endeavor? So in terms of like, I'll go kind of like literal and then kind of like figurative if that's okay. cool. So yeah. Like I think, you know, general photography knowledge is extremely important. Understanding lighting is extremely important. Um, I think doing research on kind of how you want your photos to look is also extremely important. And those things all kind of tie together. So like, you know, my style over the years has gotten darker and mm-hmm more moody and I know how to meter my light that way. And that might be different for someone who wants to photograph a different way. So I would say to anyone who is looking to do this is to do research on like how you want your style to look. And then kind of on the other side of that, I also think it's really important to like explore those options and know that like, you don't have to fit into a box at the same time. Um, I think when I started photographing and just like throughout my journey as a photographer, there have definitely been times when I feel like I need to be doing something because I see that other people are doing it or like imposter syndrome kicks in or, um, you know, we're surrounded by so many cool creative people that it's, it's easy to see what everyone's doing, which is fantastic. But like, don't let that kind of stuff hinder your art or like make you think that you're less because you're not doing something or because you're doing something different. Um, 
you know, there was this article that I read. It's from one of my favorite educators. Her name is Terry Hofford, and I love her. Um, she she sent out this blog post. I think it was like New Year's Eve of like last year. So at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And it was this article about kind of like how I think a lot of us feel like we have to like force ourselves into a box, like a photography box, whether it's mm-hmm. boudoir or um, portraits. And then we have to be doing these really specific things and we don't have to do that. So I think that's also really important to also think about. <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, it's important I mean, at the end of the day, we're all artists, right? And there's no one way to do art. Um, And and you're always going to have a critic, I guess. But at the end of the day, like it it comes down to developing, like you said, developing your own style. Um, You know, I I see a lot of people who try to copy styles and stuff like that. And I think that's honestly like – you know, it's a good way to learn, but I honestly think in the long term, it's doing yourself a disservice because you're trying to be somebody that may not necessarily be you. And what attract people to work with you is because you are who you are and you have developed your own business and style of photography based around that. So, uh, you know, I I definitely, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to learn how somebody else edits and trying to replicate it. But at the end of the day, if that's not you, I think that comes that's authenticity, right? That's authentic and people can tell and people can read into that. And it's so easy to like, again, be influenced by what's going on around you too, which again is a fantastic thing. But like when it comes to like making decisions or being like, oh, well, should I have this in my studio because this person has this? Like, do I want this in my space? Or like, what do I want like my art to look like? Or what do I want my studio to look like? Are you making those decisions based off of like what you're seeing everyone else doing? Or Mm -hmm. is it something that like you want to do? And I think we've all gotten caught up in being like, I gotta, I gotta order this because I saw it somewhere else. And that's what everyone's going to want. But it's like, do you want that? And I think it's like very much okay to like, take that step back and be like, okay, I don't, I don't want this. My clients, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's, it's very much okay to acknowledge those feelings of, you know, and honoring like, all right, I'm not going to do this, even though it's something everyone else is doing too, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I, that just makes you stand out even more, right? I mean, in, in you know, of course, there's trends that come in and out, and sometimes yeah. you buy into the trend if you. And trends can be that, really cool too. Yeah. You know? Again, as long as you want to do it, cool. Like, yeah. you know, I think that's rad. I think that's always great. But yeah, I think I, it comes down to the want to do it, right? You know, I've yeah. I've seen trends come up that I absolutely hated, and I had no yeah. intention of doing For anything sure. with it. You know, and and that's. Uh, but sometimes I think you can get sucked into that of like, well, everyone's doing it. I should do it. And right. ugh, I mean, uh, to me, it's like, that's not a reason to do it. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, just saying it made me think like, what, you know, like, why would the, the old uh, cliche saying of like, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you like, no, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, maybe. Sometimes maybe, but like not all the time. <laughs> it depends like, on how cool of a bridge yeah. it is, but right. um, depends on like, yeah. How cool of a bridge <laughs> Listen, is it an abandoned bridge? Right. But that's, ex- but it's the same concept stands of like, you know, you don't have to do anything just because you see other people doing it too. It's, exactly. it's you know, develop it yourself. And honestly, and that's how trendsetters are 
come to be anyways you know like do you want to follow the trends or do you want to be the trendsetter because that's how a lot of people start well awesome maddie that was like super insightful thank you so much for like sharing all of that information kind of about your businesses and the industry knowledge with us um as somebody who doesn't shoot a lot of boudoir photography like i'm always curious to hear people who are in that specific industry's viewpoints on Sure. Like that in the photography industry as a whole. So at this point in the episode, um, we we like to get into a few more questions, less about building a business. And these sure. ones specifically yeah. a little bit more creatively oriented because I know you're a very creative person um, and it shows through your work. So uh, is it okay we get into a few more of those? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For sure. All right. Cool. So um, now I'm really excited to uh, hear – your answer to this one but you've said it a couple times and um i I saw it on your social media and stuff too but obviously you're somebody who is uh you know very passionate about the body positivity movement and empowerment um and, and that's super awesome to hear but you actually use a term that i had not heard before and I was just curious as to what it means to you specifically. Now, I know it yeah. falls into the category of body positivity and empowerment, but you you use the term body liberation a lot. Yeah. And I find that to be a very interesting term. Um, and maybe it is more commonplace in the boudoir industry, and I'm just not as well-versed in it as you are. But I'm just curious, like, what does that term mean to you, and how do you go about conveying that to clients? So I – Really, I, first of all, I'll start by saying I love the whole body positivity movement. I do. Um, however, um, I try to be like very realistic in like most things that I do. And there will still be days where you don't have a great relationship with your body. I'm one of those people. I have those times in my life where I'm like, you know, man, like I'm just not feeling confident today. Um, and I think sometimes body positivity enforces, like, we are only supposed to feel positive feelings about our bodies. Um, which if someone feels like that, that's fantastic. More power to you. Um, body liberation for me feels a bit more realistic, uh, for me because I still have bad days and I think that it's okay to still have bad days. Um, and I think body liberation really focuses on how our bodies, it's it's almost like it helps us to not let that dictate our happiness that day. So like, you know, let's say we wake up and we are not feeling good about like our thighs or our stomach Mm -hmm. and it completely changes the entire outfit that we're going to wear today. And I think body liberation kind of like allows us to have room to feel negative feelings because that's a real thing. So that's mostly what it means to me. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I'm sorry. I'm just, I was trying to process it as uh, your thoughts on it. And so essentially it's more of like the, well, one, the realistic view of like, yeah, it not every day is going to be a good day and that's okay. And you can have those bad days and just know that other people go through that too. You know, it it doesn't change your worth as a person Mm -hmm. if you have those bad days too. Um, You know, I just, again, I know that I've woken up and I just, I'm not feeling great 
about myself. And um, at the end of the day, though, that doesn't change my my worth or that doesn't change anything, even if you have bad days like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's super important because, you know, you're right. I mean, body positivity in general, the the view, I, I think the view that I see most commonly is that there's no reason to feel bad. But at the end of the day, that you're right, it's not realistic. Because like, if you if you're going through insecurities, or, um, you know, you are having a bad day, or perhaps like you're just in a point in life where things aren't going super well for you in terms of, you know, how you feel about yourself. Yeah. That's super commonplace. And it's not as you can't, it's not like dismiss like it doesn't dismiss those feelings it validates that like yes you can yeah. still feel this way and still be positive about your you know yeah. like it, you, there's still the positivity aspect of that in, in that but it acknowledges that yes you can't be positive all the time that's just not realistic it's just not realistic that's that's pretty much you know i think the the biggest like differentiating factor between like body positivity and body liberation is that no matter what you're going to still liberated. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. still deserve to feel liberated in that sense. So that's kind of like, that's, that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me. Between the yeah, two. absolutely. And you know what, like, and you didn't say this, but I think that's important because there's an understanding that goes into that of like, yes, I am still, you know, I love my body and I understand that, but I'm also okay with knowing that I'm not going to always feel that way. Absolutely. And and that's and that with everything, you know, like it doesn't, it but it works in this case, but like, I think that works in all aspects of life too. For sure. And I mean, like, not only it's for like everyone, you know, women as well as men and everyone, like mm -hmm. literally all humans are going to feel that way in some capacity at some point in their life. So it's like, it's, I just think it's really important to stress that part, you know, because as much as like, I, I love I'm a very positive person. I tried to be a very positive person and like right. most that I do. Um, but I also think with that kind of on the sideline that kind of tends to sneak in sometimes is like the toxic positivity part of it. And it's like, we're allowed to feel those feelings of something that's not positive. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. always have to be immensely positive all the time, just because that's just not, a realistic way to think and we need to leave room for ourselves to also feel the feelings that are not positive so yeah you're right and i never thought about it in that way but like it is kind of dismissive to like you know not acknowledge that um and i know that the the idea behind body positivity is good right it's meant to oh, like, lift sure. people up but it it is it, i never had thought about that in the way that like yeah it's always positive, 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 and not, it never acknowledges that, yes, you know, bad times, you're going to go through these, like, you're going to feel bad about yourself. And that's okay. You know, everybody wants you to feel better about it, which at the end of the day, good, right? Like, it, you, right. you should feel okay, and good about yourself. And, but it's just not realistic. I mean, it just isn't. And and it doesn't leave necessarily, like, if you're looking at it from the positivity aspect, it doesn't really leave any room for understanding of those bad times. It's always Absolutely. trying to get through that. Yes. And I think, too, a big and really important part of that is understanding where the negative feelings come from in terms of, you know, and I'm speaking more in terms of, like, body image. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
a lot of times we have negative feelings about our body because of the media, because of maybe traumas in the past. There are a lot of different things that have caused it to like almost subconsciously already feel these, you know, negative feelings about ourselves. And I think body liberation kind of leaves room to navigate where these feelings come from and how we can conquer that and how we kind of move past that. And it's not going to happen overnight. That's the thing too, is like, you know, creating a positive self body image. First of all, it's very personal to everyone and it's different. Everyone is going to feel a different way about themselves and everyone has had different experiences and reasons to why they might feel a particular way about themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's, it's a process to kind of navigate through those things sometimes. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight either. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things that's just going to take time. And, um, well, no, but that's, that's cool. Cause I do like the understanding aspect of that. And, um, just the acknowledging like, and you said that before too, like validating these feelings that especially in this industry that, that clients have, and it's important not to be dismissive of that. So that's a very, that's very cool. I like that terminology a lot, actually the just, yeah, body liberation. That's very cool. So my following question for you, and so this is kind of two-parter. I'd like to know on both accounts of just what is your favorite part of just being a full-time freelance photographer and also what's your favorite part of owning your own studio? Or you can look at it as your ritual intimate studio, or you could look at it as your uh, Akron Photo Society studio, I guess. I'm just curious what your favorite parts are. My favorite part. Um, So... Oh, that's a hard question. That's a tough question because there are so many, like, there are so many things that I love about like doing what I do, but like, I think the thing that does it for me is I genuinely, like, I love hearing people's stories. I love learning about people, whether it's people who are coming and, you know, using Akron photo. Um, and I love like, I love the dialogue that I have with my clients, you know, for ritual too. Like, I think I just love people Mm -hmm. and I love that I get to have like a job where I can like help tell people's stories in that aspect by documenting them. So like that, you know, on like a deeper level, that's like what I absolutely love. Like that, keeps that that's that's it like that's yeah. my favorite thing in the world i'm the same yeah. way and it is so funny because like i didn't know that for the longest time until i actually got a camera in my hands and then it was yeah. like like it was my way of connecting with people in a way that other people couldn't Absolutely. i guess and and that's what drew me to it so much is that like and wanted made me want to work on it and be better at it because it was my way of connecting with a stranger or connecting with a friend in a more intimate, different way than I had connected with them before. Um, and so that that is, I think, one of the best parts of photography. I mean, I, I have my own reasons of why I like running my own business and stuff like that. But when it comes down to the actual photography of it, it's the connections that I make with people through that. And, and that takes you further. In, I mean, it, it just, it's so funny how it works. Cause like, it kind of just like ropes you into it and it keeps does. pulling you in more and more because you're yeah. just developing these relationships and more in-depth relationships, the longer and longer you do this. And it's really cool to see that develop. Sure. And it just keeps me so connected to my work at the same time too, because like, 
you know, I'm inspired by so many different things, but like people and experiences and stories, I, I just find it to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also very inspiring too. And, yeah. And you get the um, honor of telling that story too, which is like, I yeah. think is the coolest thing. It's you know, a like, blessing, dude. It really mm-hmm. is. Like, it's really cool. It sounds so. corny, but it is, it's fun. Like I, I fully agree. Like it, that, it it's like an honor to be a part of a person's life in that way. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Like, and I don't think this will like ever get old for me, but like anytime someone books a session with me, like the amount of like, I'm so thankful for anyone who ever books anything with me. I'm like, you chose me, you know what I mean? Like, and you chose to spend that time with me. And like, it's just, I'm very, very grateful for like every part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Um, Cool. And so my last question here for you is back to nature a little bit. Now, I know we've talked a lot about your studio, but um, you also do a lot of shooting outdoors. um, Yeah. And (laughs) you're like out in the woods and in nature, um, really wherever, I guess, not even necessarily the woods. I've seen you shoot all sorts of places. But, but so, I mean, so would I be correct in saying like you derive a lot of inspiration from that, like in, in nature in general? I am very inspired by nature. Um, you know, I think because I shot outside for so long, I'll probably always have a love for like my outdoor shoots and whenever I get outside to photograph, um, that's something that I'll, I'll always love. But yeah, I would say, you know, I'm very inspired by photographing people i think outside in nature especially mm-hmm. for more like conceptual and figurative kind of work sure. um, and i think because it's it's almost it's more of a challenge in a way because you don't have like furniture to work with you don't mm-hmm. have like things so it's like you are focusing on that person and how their body is moving and i think i love that part of it that's like that's my favorite part of that. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything like specifically about nature that you are inspired by, or is it just kind of the connection? I mean, that your description there almost sounded like it was like more of the human connection to nature that was inspiring you as opposed to the nature itself. But am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think so. Um, to be honest, I guess I haven't thought about it this much before. So it's really cool to like dive into that. Um, You know, and I think seeing how like the human body can interact and be captured in nature as a composition is also extremely cool to me. Yeah. Like, and I, that's kind of like how, and I'm sure you can relate from having a photographer brain, but like Mm -hmm. we think in terms of composition a lot too. So like I'll see something within tall trees or grass or like really cool looking leaves. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to put a human right there. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) so I think that's definitely something I'm very inspired by is seeing how I can kind of place a human in a setting in nature and, you know, create a composition out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool, Maddie. Um, Thank you for sharing all that again. And I have, I guess I kind of lied. I do have one last question here and we asked all the guests this um, and you may not have something, but I like to ask anyways, because we uh, traditionally in this show, when we started doing the interviews with full-time photographers um, at the end, we would always ask if you have any like recommended reading materials, whether that's business or photography or creative inspired. Um, 
my previous co-host was an avid reader. I am trying to get into reading, and I've read yeah. a few books this year. The way my brain is set up, yeah. um, reading can be tough for me sometimes, so but I totally get that. Did, I, now, I don't know. You may have a book, but I also wanted to say you did reference somebody, a, a blog writer or someone shortly ago, too. Yes. Um, it sounded like it was a good resource as well, so maybe, I don't know if you want to touch on that, maybe elaborate on oh her. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Um, so Terry Hofford or Terry Ledgerwood, I can't remember what she usually goes by, but she's on social media. She's all over. She's on Facebook, Instagram. Um, she has a group. So it's called Everybody's Education. Um, it's a group on Facebook. And I know that Terry also has a book. She has all sorts of really cool resources. She's an educator as well. And I highly recommend for like everyone who is looking to pursue, like whether it's boudoir photography or even portrait photography, she has a lot of awesome resources to help with inclusiveness and um, promoting diversity in your work organically and just a lot of really cool educational resources. So highly recommend. Cool. Highly recommend. Very cool. I'll have to check her out. I've not heard of her, but like you were speaking so highly of her. I was like, I wanted to elaborate on that a little. Very cool. So awesome. Well, um, at this point in the podcast, I do like to give you the opportunity to kind of plug yourself, anything you've got in the works or where people can at least find you on social media if they want to catch up with you and find out a little bit more about what you do. Oh, cool. So my main Instagram is at Madison Pants. um, And my website is ritualintimates.com. Um, for anyone who's looking to reserve Akron Photo Society, reservations can be made on AkronPhotoSociety.com. Um, and I think those are like my big three. I think that's like, that's all I got for my socials. So. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. So last question for you, like I uh, prefaced to you before we got started here, we do take one, uh, we have a question from a listener here. Now this one is a boudoir specific question. So I thought, perfect. Let's ask Maddie when we get her on. Um, so this comes from someone named Maggie um, and her question reads, I'd love to start taking on boudoir clients and building a boudoir focused business, but I'm worried that some of my followers and the family and friends who follow me may judge me and my clients. Any recommendations on how to balance boudoir photography and other relationships? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm very grateful that I come from a family who completely understands and knows what I do and they're very supportive of me. And I truly feel like if that is something that it's Maggie, yes, Maggie wants to do this. I think she should absolutely take the leap and start taking on clients and own it. You, you know, there is nothing wrong with this kind of work. And I know that for a long time, I feel like it's, again, it's been a taboo thing, but it is such a beautiful kind of imagery. And I think that it's absolutely worth if you're going to ruffle someone's feathers along the way and you're passionate about it, I, that shouldn't stop you from doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sorry. total sense. I, yeah. I, I feel the same way. I mean, my thought process on it was they'll get over it first. Yeah. And second, if they're, if you're that concerned about it, then I would just start a separate account, you know? That, yeah. I was going to say too, you know, I did that for a while is, you know, I did separate once I started kind of diving more into boudoir, I did separate my platforms. I made a separate pa- platform for boudoir imagery, mm-hmm. um, which was very helpful. My personal page now, that's pretty much what it's full of, but you know, 
if anyone has been following along with my photo journey, they're very much aware of what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, if someone does not like it, um, they can either unfollow me or just kind of like see themselves out. Yeah. And, you know, we can't be uh, making decisions for our work or our personal lives uh, based on like other people's opinions. I know that that can be difficult because I think, you know, living in a time of like social media presence, we want to seem like, uh, we want to be likable. We want to appeal to like everyone. Right. Um, but that can also be really toxic and we still need to make those decisions for ourselves, uh, regardless of what other people might think, including our family sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know that that can be tough, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, you're not, you won't be able to please everybody. I mean, it, okay. as, as much as you would like to, it's just, you won't be able to do that. And I, I think, you know, in the last episode that I just recorded was with, uh, I'm not from, sure if you're familiar with him, but he's from Cleveland. His name's Vince Lundy and he's a videographer. Yeah. Um, and he actually talked about how, um, you know, just se- creating separate businesses for different avenues that don't maybe don't connect is a perfectly healthy and normal thing. to Absolutely. Do. Um, you know, like for instance, in this didn't apply from him, but maybe for you, Maggie and Maggie didn't really, uh, elaborate on like what kind of business she's already doing with photography. But for instance, if you're a senior photographer that maybe it, you know, doing boudoir and combining the two does not necessarily read very well. Um, so it's, there's no issue with separate, you know, creating a separate entity to do that with. Um, and you have the ability to select and choose then at that point who you let into it. And also, um, you know, like on social media, you can keep people from seeing it. So if it is a concern that your friends yeah. or family members or specific people are going to come across it, you can control that aspect of it too, by separating it and creating us a whole separate entity for it. Absolutely. Very cool. Awesome. Well, as always listeners, if you have any questions about photography or business and want to ask a professional on a future episode, feel free to email them over to social at the pixelconnection.com for a chance to have them answered on a podcast. As always, thank you to our sponsor, the pixel connection for sponsoring the podcast. And Maddie, thank you, especially for joining me today on the talking pixels podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you about your studio and your businesses. And I hope the rest of your 2021 is a huge success. Thanks, Justin. This was really cool. Very, very grateful. (laughs) Awesome. Have a good one. Thanks. I just want to thank Maddie for coming on to today's episode. It was so great having her on and having the opportunity to sit down and chat with her about boudoir photography and running your own studio and running a rental studio at that. Um, But before we wrap things up today, I do have a word from our sponsor over at the Pixel Connection. Are you looking to try out some new gear without committing to a huge purchase? From camera bodies to lenses and microphones, the crew at Pixel Connection has you covered with a wide variety of rental gear. Take advantage of the Pixel Connection's impressive stock of rental gear with 20% off your next rental using the code TALKINGPIXELS. Visit rentals.thepixelconnection.com to explore this great opportunity. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.